Dear family and friends of Shirley, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hear the words of our Lord from 2 Timothy chapter 3. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. This verse that I just read to you, you also saw it printed in the King James in the inside of your bulletin, the first page on the inside on the top. That verse is Shirley's confirmation verse given to her when she professed that she will be willing to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from the faith that was first given to her in her baptism as an infant. I think this is a very fitting verse, given her excellent childhood learning of the Christian faith, from whom she even learned it. I was told that Professor Schaefer was one who drilled those words, the hymns, the scripture readings, the passages into her mind. She never forgot the one from whom she learned it. This verse was written by St. Paul, and he was writing to a pastor, a young pastor named Timothy. <laughs> Paul was trying to give some encouragement to Timothy because seeing that Paul was imprisoned and he was basically sentenced to death at this point, awaiting his execution, Paul wanted to ensure that this young pastor would be confident in Christ, despite the suffering that Paul himself was about to face. When we are confirmed, we usually think, okay, I'm done. I don't need to do anything more. I learned everything. I don't have to darken the doors of the church until I am buried, or maybe for my wedding. But that is not to be so, because when we are confirmed, we are promising that we will continue to make use of the blessings that we have given to us for free through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the proclamation of the word and in the administration of the sacraments. So Paul wrote very personally to Timothy but these words also apply to us as Christians. The very next verse, St. Paul wrote to Timothy saying, From childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Like Timothy, Shirley has known the scriptures from childhood, making her wise for salvation through faith in Jesus. She did not just learn the faith as a child, but as her confirmation verse rightly stated, she continued in what she learned and firmly believed. Most of you have known Shirley for decades, or for many of you, your entire lives. I, of course, have not known her quite as long. I became her pastor just under seven years ago. She had already moved out of her home here in Lexington, so I never got to see the inside of it, but it wasn't that much prior to my arrival that she had moved out. And she had moved in with Linda. 
I made regular visits to her throughout my years here. While I sometimes saw her quick quips and her sharp wit, I never knew Shirley when she was at her prime, for of course her memory was beginning to slip. You remember, though, I'm sure, with great affection, the parties that she threw, the traveling that she did with a carload of kids, and her fun-loving and perhaps mischievous ways. You also remember her unconditional love, her willingness to forgive when you have not lived up to the perfect standards that she set for you. And with her unconditional love, you also perhaps remember that disobeying Shirley was not an option. Over the last several years, her abilities, of course, decreased. Yet there was something that could never be taken away from her. Of course, we can witness part of that right here. Her family, who came to be at her side during that last week, her children, her loved ones, her friends. But there was something else that brought to her a gift that goes beyond all comparison that could not be taken away from her for she was baptized into Christ, and from childhood she has known the scriptures. And as the blessing she received in her confirmation verse states, Shirley continued in what she learned and believed. As I've already stated, she memorized a lot as a child. She memorized many hymns, and she sang those beloved hymns all of her life, especially at Christmas time. The ones that we are singing today are all hymns that she knew and loved and could join in in singing without having the words printed in front of her even recently. In my visits with Shirley, I would page through the hymnal and I would sing with her. She did not need a hymnal to sing all five stanzas of The Lord's My Shepherd or the first stanza of dozens of other hymns. If I would begin by saying Psalm 23 with her, she would, by heart, say Psalm 23 with me. If I chose a different psalm for that day, she would almost always begin to say Psalm 23 after I was done with whatever psalm I had picked. As you knew, though, she quoted Psalm 121 also very often. Even when she had troubles naming her family, she had no trouble reciting Christian passages or singing Christian hymns that had been placed in her heart from her childhood. There is nothing, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, more important than teaching our children the Christian faith. You can see the fruits of that in Shirley. Sure, she was not perfect. She was perhaps rowdier than some of her siblings. She had, I like that chuckle, she had some vices, and she, like the rest of us, inherited the sin of Adam. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Faith in Christ does not mean that we will achieve perfection in this life. We will always fail to live up to God's perfect standards, and yet Christ keeps on forgiving us, just as when we fail to keep up to whatever 
surely commanded, she in her unconditional love also forgave. And that's also why we live by faith, why we would want to cling to Christ Jesus in faith, why we would want to learn the scriptures and a goodly number of hymns to carry us through our lives. We do not do these things to be holier than thou. You know that Shirley never tried to do that. Instead, we are in the word of God so that we are near our Savior, so that he draws us to himself through his saving word and gives us the most glorious pronouncement that Christ Jesus will declare us to be not guilty of our many sins on Judgment Day, that we have been adopted into God's family, and so Jesus has become our brother. You see, God will not count any of Shirley's faults against her, for Jesus paid for her sins on the cross, and the Holy Spirit worked faith in Shirley throughout her life through the word. And Jesus will do as he has promised to do, and that is to acquit her of all that she has done wrong on that great day of judgment when Jesus returns. This is the blessing that I look forward to also receiving. This is the blessing that I know many of you look forward to receiving. And this blessing can be for all of you. For Jesus laid down his life for the sins of the entire world by going to the cross. He died on that cross, bearing the sins of the world in his own body so that he could earn forgiveness for all people. He rose victoriously from the grave to grant eternal life to all who would receive him, all who are shepherded by Jesus, that is, all who believe in Jesus will receive the gift of eternal life and salvation. Faith in Christ does not mean simply going through the motions of getting baptized and getting confirmed, but instead it involves the very thing Shirley's confirmation verse teaches. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. This, of course, should make a lot of sense, even if it doesn't always carry its way out in practice. For we eventually lose the things that we do not continue in. If Shirley did not maintain her beautiful flower gardens, they would be replaced with weeds and overgrowth. If a muscle is not used, it will shrink. If the Christian faith is not nurtured, it would wither and die. An important aspect of my vocation as a pastor is to visit the sick and the shut-in. The faith of those who have been seasoned by many years in life must be nourished just like the faith of the little ones. And so the pastor feeds God's little lambs, whether they are young or whether they are old, that never-changing, life-giving, and life-saving word of God. I had been visiting Shirley about twice a month for the last couple of years. Since she couldn't make it to church, the church came to her, bringing her the word, praying with her and for her, and bringing her the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of her sins. And through these means, the word and the sacraments, God the Holy Spirit was nourishing Shirley in her faith. Therefore, there is no question to where she is now, 
Christ Jesus has received another little lamb in the gates of paradise. Surely rests from her labors. She is at peace. Her remains will be buried this afternoon to await the glorious resurrection of all flesh on the last day. And on that day, when our Lord Jesus returns for judgment, he will raise her body from the dead and surely will be perfect with her resurrected human body and she will live forever. For surely is a child of God called out of darkness into the marvelous light of Christ, redeemed by the blood of Jesus and nourished throughout her life through the word of God. Jesus, when speaking of those who have died, described them as sleeping. He did so because he has the power over death. He rose from the grave himself, and he shows that he can raise the dead. Yet, we feel so powerless when a loved one dies. We, of course, want them to stay with us. The pain being separated from our loved ones through death is indescribable. But know, my dear friends, that Shirley is not eternally dead. Remember how Jesus describes those who have died physically, that they are but sleeping. Her soul is alive. Her soul is with the Lord. Her body and soul will be reunited when Jesus returns and recreates the heavens and the earth. And all who abide in Jesus will be with him and all the faithful for all eternity. Yet we still remain here. We weep, we lament, we shed our tears, but we also remain confident in the love that Christ has for us and the eternal salvation that he has secured for all who call upon him. This blessing is ours because of the unconditional love that God the Father has for mankind. In this love, he sent Jesus to pay for our sins on the cross. Yes, God demands that you keep his law. However, salvation comes not through your observance of the law, but it comes through grace and faith in Christ. That's why his sheep hear his voice and listen to him, as Jesus said in our reading from John 10. They know, that is, the sheep of Christ, you, his little lambs, have that Christ has the power to save. If you want the salvation that Shirley has, if you would like to see her again, then listen to Jesus, hear his word, go to Holy Communion, and do not let anything come between you and your Savior, your Good Shepherd, Jesus. After all, it is written ever so appropriately in Shirley's confirmation verse, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. God bless each and every one of you with the confidence that because Christ lives, so shall all who abide in him. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. We now sing our next hymn, which is hymn 387, Joy to the World.
Isaac Watts was the author of this hymn, and he actually wrote it not as a Christmas hymn as we know it to be today, but as a hymn announcing the return of Jesus and the resurrection of all flesh. Keep that in mind as you sing this wonderful hymn. 